Cafe Day, Renee. I am your host, or aka the Fed Wheel. But today we are joined once again by the star of the show, Mr. Renee Dupree. And Renee, you've brought a great friend with you today. Yes, indeed, I have. Since we started this podcast about roughly six months ago, I always read the comments and I consistently, you know, are being asked about my diet and training regime and, you know, bodybuilding questions and stuff. So I figured what better way to discuss the subject than bring on the guy that taught me everything I know. He is, be patient with me, this because it's a long list. He is a former provincial bodybuilding champion, Atlantic Canadian bodybuilding champion, four-time Mr. Canada national champion. He plays second at the world championships and second at the international championships. He is a lifetime achievement award winner at the national and international level. And he's in the local hall of fame. My trainer that many consider the godfather of East coast Canadian bodybuilding. Tijan Leblanc. Bonjour, monsieur. Hey, bonjour. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired after shoveling all that snow after the snowstorm we just had. I hear you. I hear you. So, yeah. So, um, a lot of people ask me about health and fitness, and uh, I figure what better way than to bring you on. But before we, we discuss those topics, let's just give people, um, how would you get started in bodybuilding? What motivated you and uh, what age and all that jazz, man? Tell me. Well, what started and motivated me actually was a health issue. Um, I was 16 years old, and I was in grade 10, and I was under 100 pounds. So my immune system was not very strong. So my doctor just recommended to my parents that maybe they should get me a set of weights and uh, I could start training, working out, getting a little bit more muscle mass. And with that comes along with good nutrition. And that's basically how I started training for health reasons. For health reasons. Yeah. So, um, so at 16, you started and then what, what prompted you to get into like uh, the bodybuilding contests and stuff? Well, my girlfriend at the time, my high school and university girlfriend, she just uh, had heard about this show in Edmiston. And uh, she says, well, why don't you compete? So I, I didn't know anything. I didn't even know what it was to compete. Right. So I took the train and went to Edmiston. And uh, when I got there, <clears throat> we had a meeting at this guy's uh, house in the basement. It was a gym. And when I arrived there, there was like, oh, between 13 and 15 uh, competitors. Oh, and in those days, they were just bodybuilding. There was no fitness or anything else. Right. And being new to the sport, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. I, I didn't even know that there was such a thing as quick tan that you could put on your body to enhance <laughs> your definition. I was right. the only one in the show with no quick tan. <laughs> and and so I, didn't, I didn't know anything about posing routines or poses that you had to do so they taught me all that the night before the show and uh i just happened to play second in my division and i guess i got bitten uh by the bug and i just wanted to compete because that was the first time in my life that i won a trophy right uh, bitten at the moment and i just kept on going kept on going so i mean uh you taught me everything I knew about it. You know, when I was uh, 16, I think I first met you when I was 16. So we're talking, Jesus, almost 22 years ago. Yeah. remember going to your house and because uh, I think you you knew my father very well because you used to go to the wrestling matches, right, as a kid. Actually, your father was kind of an inspiration to me because 
when I was a young kid, around 10, 11 years old, I used to go watch your dad wrestle at the old Moncton Stadium. Yeah. And, and the Shidiak Arena, which is, had burnt in the 60s. Right. And your dad was like the Hulk Hogan of the, of the era, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And uh, it was always a fight between him and the Beast. Right. The villain. Yeah. And I remember going to uh, one of his matches in uh, Shidiak at the arena there. And uh, they were outside the ring fighting. And, of course, the Beast picked up a chair uh, and they folded and hit your father in the forehead. And, of course, the blood was gushing out. And yeah. So being, when you're a kid, you think all this stuff is so real and so yeah. dramatic. I picked up a chair through it and I hit the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Beast started running after me like, hey. I was, what, maybe four feet tall at 70 right. pounds. There's no way you could even catch me or see me. <laughs> so, yeah, your dad had a big uh, influence on you. Big influence on you, yeah. Go to Parley Beach all the time and watch him walk the beach. And I always used to say to myself, one day I'm going to look like that. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you sure did. I mean, you got you had an excellent physique. But, yeah, you taught me everything. I remember going to your house and, you tell me, you know, uh, bodybuilding, it's a great way to get exposure. And, um, you know, I was lucky, man. I, I went to the provincials. I won those. And a week later was the nationals. And I was, you know, I, I got to win those too. And you were right because that, I think, was a big eye-opener for the WWE because Vince McMahon himself is such a huge bodybuilding fan, you know? Yes. And then when I got into those... Uh, Robert Kennedy's muscle mags. I don't even know if they still even make them anymore. No. When I got to when I got to Louisville, Kentucky, I was already I went to work out at the hardcore powerhouse gym. It was the hardcore gym. As soon as I walked in, the whole staff already knew who I was because of the magazine exposure. So you were right, you know. But um, let's let's talk more about your your competitions and stuff. Like, where you've been all over the world with this stuff. Yeah. Tell me some of the well, countries. Uh, my comp like let's let's start with saying that uh, probably the most memorable uh, times in my career. Yeah. I could probably name four times. Uh, the first time would have been in 1978 when I won the nationals because the year before I came second last. Okay. So I wasn't a factor at 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 that show. Nobody like even expected me to win, or neither did I. Right. That was such a surprise for me. So that was a, it was really a, a humbling experience for me to win the nationals. Yeah. Uh, I think my second uh, memorable moment would have been in 1982 in Belgium, when I um, won the world championships. Yeah. And uh, I'm not crying sour grapes, but the only reason I didn't win was typically a political reason at the time. Uh huh. And but that it's the, the it, second place was still great for me. I never expected to accomplish that in my life. Right. And in 1983, I was invited from the by the mayor of Dieppe to go attend. Um, Lady Di and Prince Charles were in uh, St. John at the harbor and they were doing their rounds around Canada. And I was invited to spend an evening with them. Wow. Very. Uh, very touching for me, like to be a, a amongst royalty. Right. And in 2018, I, I got the uh, uh, Lifetime Achievement Award um, at the Toronto Pro Show, which is a national slash international uh, show. Right. And 
Uh, that was totally unexpected on my part. Uh, right. I was told that we were just going there to uh, see the show. Uh, and my wife told me that I needed to bring a suit because we were going to take new pictures because we were becoming uh, the, in, in charge of the CPA. Well, yeah, the CPA at the time and stuff. So I, it was, I was blindsided when they uh, announced me and it was a very humbling experience as well. So right. yeah, there's, and as far as traveling goes, um, my first world championships were held in Acapulco, Mexico. Wow. The second ones were in uh, Columbus, Ohio, Belgium, and then Sweden. Wow. So I traveled all those areas, which was yeah. great experience. So, you know, bodybuilding and, and fitness is, is a lifestyle. Do you credit that, that lifestyle for all your success and, and you know, your way of life? Yes, because I'm, I would be a type of like a Brad Marchand. When he came into the National Hockey League, he was an okay player. Right. And now he's a great player. Yeah. Some might agree, some might disagree. He's the type of guy that you you don't want to play against. You'd rather have him on your team. Right. And I wasn't blessed with a whole lot of genetics. So, yeah, for me to get as far as I got in, in the bodybuilding world, uh, I would say that it, it, it was humbling. It was humbling, yeah. So, um, well, let's break it down because I almost daily get asked from fans about, you know, how to build a physique, how to lose weight, gain weight. My, my co-host here, James, recently weighed himself and he's not very happy. He has lost about 20 pounds. What's the best advice you can give to him or other people who want to get themselves in shape? Well, the first word you got to get rid of is diet. You got to just diet. call it a meal plan. Meal plan. Yeah. Uh, and a meal plan is not necessarily starving or not having something that tastes great. It's just in moderation. Uh, mm. A lot of coaches out there that are coaching uh, competitors or non-competitors, uh, they give you a diet that you can follow because at the end of the day, at the end of the week, they give you what we call a cheat meal or something that you look forward to. And I think for the first three, four weeks, you can't wait to have your cheat meal. Mm. But when you start seeing results, yeah. you don't really care about your cheat meal. That's right. Because it becomes a psychological thing that I've worked so hard to get to this point. I don't want to ruin it with a cheat meal, which is kind of impossible unless yeah. you drink 24 beer and eat 200 donuts. But no one's going <laughs> to do that. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think consistency is the most important thing yeah. you've got to be consistent yeah. and you have to divide your meals into at least four if not five meals would be better but some people eat twice a day but that's no good like your metabolism slows down and then because it thinks i'm not going to get another meal so it just keeps everything inside and you just get you just get overweight that's it. and it's also about calorie intake um, yeah. Some will argue that it doesn't matter what type of calories you eat. It's just the number, but I don't really agree with that. I think you have to watch your calorie intake, but I think eating um, a piece of chicken that would say 150 calories is better than eating a chocolate bar. Right. Yeah, because um, my uh, plan I've been doing, so obviously you've probably heard of it, uh, intermittent fasting. Yep. 
Yeah, so basically what I've been doing, my first meal's at 12 o'clock lunchtime, and it'll be a chicken breast with uh, probably three quarters of a cup of wholemeal pasta and a little bit of lighter-than-light mayonnaise, basically. Uh, then at, uh, outside these hours, all I'm drinking is water and black coffee, and even during the hours, I'm only drinking water. And then at 3 o'clock, another chicken breast with quarter of a cup of wholemeal pasta and then my final meal at six i've been having just a gammon steak or just a steak with an egg so it's just pure protein and that's basically what i've been doing and uh i haven't had a treat meal yet tomorrow i think we're having like we call it a sunday roast so i'll be having lamb but um but yeah in the first 10 days it's been uh, 20, uh yeah 21 no 22 pounds i've lost up to now so uh but i've got a long way to go but um yeah, so fingers crossed I can keep with it, but it hasn't been too bad just yet. Also, if you add exercise, it doesn't matter what exercise. You want to go jogging, you want to do weight training, you want to uh, play a sport, that'll help enhance and, and take the weight off your body as well because it's burning calories. Right. Yeah, what happened, uh, so a couple of years ago, um, about three years ago now actually, I had a personal trainer and we was training three times a week because uh, when I started, I've always struggled with my weight since being married. Uh, but when I started, I was at 270 and we trained three times a week. I was really strict on my diet, got myself down to about 217. Uh, I was in good shape and I was doing really well, but then accidentally fell off a ladder and fractured my T12 in my spine. So to... Fortunately, it was a stable fracture, so it healed on its own accord. But because of the accident, the uh, doctors basically said to me, no heavy lifting. So I couldn't go to the gym. Uh, so that got me a bit down. And then a few months later, coronavirus lockdown. So I'm stuck inside home for three months and just couldn't help but eat. And, uh, and since then, I haven't kept track of my weight. And yeah, so... That's what's led towards a downward spiral, but I'm glad that I thought I stopped with it now and I can get back on track. Yeah. yeah, any form of exercise is good. Walking, jogging, whatever you like to do. Yeah. So he mentioned accidents. Now, I've known you for years, John, and you, you, you're a hardcore trainer. Let's talk about some of your injuries that you've had. <laughs> it would take much time if I talked about what I'm not injured. <laughs> My shoulders are completely shot as we speak. Uh, I tore a pec way back. Um, my two quads tore in 99, but they were reattached and actually that worked out for the better. When you reattach your quads, you become, if they're done right and you wait the right time, they're stronger. Okay. And you know, there's not a, a muscle in my body, I don't think that I've not hurt. Right. But we're looking at 50 years of weight training. Right. So, I mean, it, it's any sport, whether it's hockey, football, baseball, uh, tennis, you're going to have some injuries depending on how long you stay in that sport. That's it. Well, I, I trained legs with John the other day, and he's – you mind me telling your age publicly? Is that okay? No, no, go ahead. 67 years of age. Wow. He's squatting – was it 500 on the uh, – well, No, we had nine plates a size, so – <laughs> with, with, with the uh, machine, it was close to 900. So 900, that was on the leg press. Or no, no, no that was on the hack. It was on the squat machine there. The squat machine. Yeah, on the leg press, we had 
ninth place as well. So close yeah. to 900 pounds on both of them yeah. in the 800s. That's it. So any of you 67-year-olds there that want to fuck keep up with uh, my friend Ja here, good luck. But uh, now I've been around weightlifters and bodybuilders and fitness fanatics. We're a little different. Yeah. Right. So do you, you must have some stories from your bodybuilding days that you can tell of some craziness that you've seen in the bodybuilding world. Come on, give me, give me something. Well, I mean, everybody trains differently. That's a given. Right. Uh, as far as seems crazy stuff, I, I, I probably did the most craziest stuff than anybody. <laughs> um, you know, where I'm only five foot three, um, I used to do when I, I did my head cavers, I used to, instead of resting the bar on the bench, I would just like uh, bring up my knees and I would rest it on my knees. <laughs> it was easier than to grab it off the bench for me. Right. So, <laughs> when you're five foot three, there's nothing in the gym that's built for someone five foot three. Right. So you, yeah. impro you, you improvise. You improvise, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a machine in the gym that I haven't at one point in time not broken. <laughs> uh, I was doing chin-ups once. I, I, I had a 65-pound dumbbell around my waist, and I, I, I broke the chin-up bar. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I was doing, I was doing lat pull-downs, and I had to stack, and I was pulling so hard that the bar that you pulled with snapped in half. Holy Jesus Christ. And uh, all kinds of foolishness like that. Right. So those are basically the stories that I can tell about myself. Uh, as far as other people, when I go in the gym and, and I work out, I, I don't really, I see, but I don't see, if you know what I mean. Right. right. But like, I mean, when I went to the Nationals, it was very eye-opening because I seen some of these top-level pros uh, or guys I see in the magazines one, may he rest in peace, was Greg Kovacs. Yeah. This, guy was, this guy was huge. This guy was from Toronto. He was about 6'3", 6'4", 400 pounds of muscle. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was not healthy because he would walk around with a portable fan. Absolutely I mean, not. And yeah. that's, I think, a little bit of the problem in the sport of bodybuilding today is that the guys are too big for their structure. Right. We have guys there on stage at 5'7", at 265. Ripped. Your heart, your heart is not made for that. Yeah. If you're six four, two sixty five, even that would be heavy. I mean, Arnold weighed what under two thirty, two thirty five at six foot one. Yeah. But now we have guys, and I don't want to name their names, but there's two or three of them that are five foot seven that are between two sixty and two seventy on stage. That's cut ripped. So in the off season, they're three hundred pounds, which. It's like putting a, uh, an engine of a car in a truck. Right. It's going to run your truck for a while, but then it's going to burn out. And that's a lot of these bodybuilders that are dying. It's all heart related. Most of it. Right. So I so, think bodybuilding needs to slow down a little bit. Um, they should be judged more on, on proportions, uh, aesthetics, and less on, on oversize. Yeah. Because do you, do you feel like uh, bodybuilding has gone in the wrong direction at that point? I honestly feel that, um, and I'm not alone in that. I mean, a lot of bodybuilders from the past, Samir Benut and these guys that I've competed with, uh, Samir won the Olympia. Uh, we're all on the same page when it comes to that. It's gone a little bit too far, and they're just going to have to tame it back. 
that's why they invented classic physique. Um, it's a height and weight ratio. So you can't weigh more than a certain amount of weight for your height. And that right. stops the guys from coming in humongous. Right, right, right. How are you going to curl tail light and bodybuilding? I'm not sure. I don't have all the answers, but I'm sure they're looking into something right now because there's a show here not too long ago that um, the guy who won, it was a pro show, and the one who won it uh, was under 200 pounds, and he beat these guys that were 260 and 270. Wow. But he had great definition, great aesthetics, a very balanced body. You yeah. know, the bodybuilders of yesteryear were like, I don't like to use this word, but I'm going to prettier to look at, if you know what I mean. Right. It's more aesthetic looking. Yes. Uh, not as cartoonish. Yes. And we had Kai Green down here um, for a seminar. And by the way, Kai Green is a very, very nice man. He's a, he's a gentle giant. Right. And <clears throat> we were in the truck coming home from the restaurant and he asked me, he said, well, do you know who the last Mr. Olympia was? And I said, yeah, Phil Heath. He said, uh, no, no, the last real Mr. Olympia. Oh. I said, uh, not sure what you're getting at, but I said, if it's about size, I said, the last one that I remember that fit all of the description that you're trying to tell me was Lee Haney. Right. Lee Haney won it seven or eight times, but he just has such a balanced but beautiful physique. Yeah. He didn't have the big belly sticking out. He wasn't overly monstrous. Right. And he was more aesthetic looking. So even the guys of today, I think, would prefer, but I mean, you can't go backwards, right? Right. They'd probably prefer to have um, bodybuilding back to what it was in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. So you being, I mean, you know, you know this field better than I do. How could they do that? Would it be drug testing? Would it be? Well, they could do that or they could uh, start awarding the smaller physiques that have more balance, more, more aesthetics, more definition. Right. And if you're going to go on stage and have a big belly look like you're nine months pregnant, you should be deducted points. Right. Right. You know, it's yeah. almost like it went from the hardest worker. Who was the hardest worker? Who was the best chemist? If you know what I mean? Well, yeah, basically that's another problem in the bodybuilding world that I, I'm not going to touch, but yeah, there, there is, there's issues there as well. Issues. Yeah. 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 But for everybody, anybody starting out bodybuilding today, there's so many divisions that you don't have to go to the extreme. Uh, right. Classic physique is a real nice division. And if you don't even want to be that big, you can go in physique, board short physique. Board short. A lot of people in that right now. Yeah. It's a big hit. And, you know, let's face it, they're, they're probably getting as many sponsors as anybody else. Right? Yeah. So let's talk about that. I mean, you're now the, the big-time promoter here for bodybuilding on the East Coast. Uh, let's talk about that for, for a little bit. The shows you promoted and, you know. Yeah, well, we, we uh, got an opportunity to start our promotion in 2007. Uh, Len Collette, who was the president of our association at the time, he had the Atlantic Championships, but... Uh, he wanted to retire, and um, so he offered Heather and I the show. We took it, and uh, at the time, the show wasn't doing very well, but we took it to a whole new level. We decided to invest more money into the shows, uh, nicer trophies, nicer venues, 
Leicester stage presence. Yeah. Uh, invested in uh, a good MC, and we built it up to where it is today. And now we're uh, we have four shows. Wow! Wow! We have uh, we have the Atlantics. We have a national show. We have a Newfoundland show, which we we were co-promoting it, and we're going to change co-promoters, and we'll co-promote that with a, another group. And we have the Flex Lewis that we co-promote with Flex. Wow! Wow! So when the <clears throat> when's your next up upcoming event? When's the next one? Well, they were supposed to be April sixteenth, but with this lockdown and when the gyms are closed, uh, it'll be sometimes in June. We're still working on dates. Um, when you change your dates, it's hard to get the venues. Right. I mean, the venues are all booked, and but we're working on it, and uh, we'll come out soon with our date for the flight for the Atlantics. And this year. We've introduced a, a new class. Uh, it's a bikini class called the Goddess Class. It's all former winners, champions that are going to compete for one another for the crown. It's a totally division, totally separate from the Atlantics. Okay. But it will be any Atlantic. It's like the Gladiator. Okay. Uh, I uh, created the Gladiator in 2016 when I felt that bodybuilding was kind of uh, on a downslide. Right. Uh, in 2015, I believe we had only 11% of our athletes on stage were bodybuilders. Oh, wow. wow. So I thought, how am I going to get the bodybuilders back on stage? Like, you know, the older guys and the guys that haven't competed in a while. So I kind of, I was thinking about the WWE, how they promote their shows and how they do things. So I thought, well, if I brought something similar or something marketing wise like the WE, WWE does. Uh, so I created gladiators and the gladiators were started with one division that we would, in, it would by invite only. Oh. All the guys that had won overalls, uh, major shows in the past. Okay. It was so big that we, and we only do it every other year. So in 2018, we had two classes. And this year was supposed to have in 2020, but because of the pandemic. So this year we had three classes. Oh, wow. So as promoters, we're always trying to find something that will bring our people back on stage. If you've won the Atlantics and you know that you're not good enough to win the Nationals, so you kind of retire. But if all of the Atlantic and, and, and New Brunswick's and uh, Nova Scotia and PI winners can get together to see who's the best of the best. It, it's something that they look forward to. Right, right. So that's why we've evolved. And uh, like, like I said, we started at one show and now we've evolved into four. Well, that's amazing. That's awesome. Well, Jean, I want to thank you so much for coming on. And I want to thank you personally for helping me because but uh, I still have the same diet you wrote for me when I was 17 years old. And every time I usually go back in the notes and to this day, I still ask you for help when it comes to my diet and stuff. But uh, also, if you ever need a, a guy to help put on the spray tan for the bikini contest, <laughs> uh, participants, yeah. I'm here and I'm sure uh, after showing James some of the pictures, he'll fly himself from the UK to be up on your show to do that. <laughs> You'll make a special trip. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Nice meeting you, James. Good luck with your weight loss. Oh, I know you can man. do it. 
Yeah, one last question. I'm sorry if I, I, I had three kids so I can have to sort them out. Uh, one last question for a go. I, I don't know if he's already brought up while I was gone, but what was your thoughts on Finns McMahon's uh, WBF and uh, was there any offers ever made to you to join it? Right. No, I was no, I didn't get any offers. I, I got my pro card in '94, but I'm I was like a fourth liner hockey player that didn't get to play much. I, I at the amateur level, I was I was okay, but at the pro level, that was a little bit over the top for me. I wasn't good enough for that, but I really enjoyed that WBF. It was really great, and and, and I knew all of the guys in there because I've competed with them at the night of champions in uh, in 94 in new york so they're all guys that i knew but yeah it, it was great too bad it didn't last. right yeah very strong. i know they offered dorian yates i think vince had offered dorian yates a contract but he turned it down right i don't know i kind of touch with all that but perhaps perhaps so well jean we'll keep in touch and uh yeah. Let's go uh, train legs soon, okay? All right. Take care. All right, my friend. Take care. All right. See you.